Hello, flamethrowers. Welcome to Burn It All Down. I am so, so excited today to be joined by the legendary pitcher, Kat Osterman, who, as you're listening to this, has finished her illustrious career. We think uh, we'll be getting into it. We'll see if this is if uh, we might be seeing her back at one point. Uh, Kat's a three-time Olympian um, and I have to offline list all her accomplishments because it would take too long in this interview, but um, has just finished up with Athletes Unlimited. And we're just so excited to be be talking with her. Kat, thank you so much for being on Burn It All Down. Oh, thank you for having me. So we're obviously we're talking before your final weekend of play. This will publish after. So uh, I just want to ask, what are the emotions kind of going into this weekend? And what are you focused on most? Um, you know, right now I'm just, I'm focused on really just enjoying the moments with my teammates, um, just the game in general. Um, it's a really unique situation to be here with, uh, 59 other elite softball players who, um, share a passion for the game. And so I'm super stoked to, you know, just be here in this environment and, um, obviously ending my career in such an amazing place, um, with great people, but, really just going to take it moment by moment and obviously try to stay present and um, hopefully do the best to uh, make the team successful this weekend. And then um, after that, head on home and uh, turn the next page. I love that. You know, we talked about Athletes Unlimited on the show and the softball career, but what is Athletes Unlimited and this opportunity late in your career? You've been such an integral part of these first two seasons um, of the softball in Athletes Unlimited. And what does it mean to you to be able to kind of end your career this way, a way that like didn't even exist a couple of years ago? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you have to chalk it up to fate. I mean, I wasn't really supposed to be part of season one because I was supposed to, if everything had unfolded the way it was supposed to, retired and August of 20 after Tokyo Olympics, because that was really the sole reason I came out of retirement. Um, but obviously with with COVID and the quarantine and the delay, um, it allowed me to be part of Athletes Unlimited season one and just their vision for um, pro sports. It's different. You know, I, people ask what it's like and I'm like, it's basically fantasy sports in real life. You get to draft new teams. Everybody can earn points different ways. But I think the coolest thing is just the atmosphere that they create here and the fact that Every athlete's passionate about the sport. Every athlete's passionate about their cause they get to play for, which is a whole nother aspect that for female athletes, we only get to play and earn money that we can help a cause with. I think a lot of times we want to help and we can help with our time and physical labor, but you know, we're not making millions to where we can donate um, a good chunk of that all the time, like male athletes. So there's just so many avenues that this um, endeavor gives us. I'm very fortunate that it worked out for me to be part of it and um you know after after winning last year I talked to John and Jonathan and they were pretty adamant they wanted me to be part of season two and um it was tugging on my heart to to really stay and do season two just because of um the environment and the experience it was in season one can you just take me back a little bit how did you get into softball like like how did this become your sport you know, I, I honestly, obviously with my height, doesn't shock people when I tell them that basketball is my first love. Um, I grew up in a basketball family, so um, was out on the basketball courts playing quite a bit. And to be honest, uh, my parents always just made sure I was active. And so, you know, needed another sport. Um, I had played soccer, got bored with it. My dad suggested trying softball again because I tried it once before and quit. And um, so I did. And, and honestly, I played the league 
Um, our two pitchers had uh, used up the innings that they could use for that week. And um, they needed someone to try pitching. And I jumped in. And to be honest, I fell in love with pitching more than I did softball. Um, but took to that circle and, and never looked back. What was it about pitching that you loved so much? You know, I think, well, when I say I got bored playing soccer, I was a goalie. <laughs> so I think it went from the ball only coming down the field once in a blue moon to uh, being part of every single pitch, every single play. And so, um, you know, I think I just liked the the fact that you're in every play, but at the same time, as, as I started pitching and learning about it, the process and the art of pitching is, it's just so special. And um, working at something detailed like that is right at my alley. It's the things I like to do. And so um, the second, you know, I started working at it and realizing that, okay, if I pay attention to the details and continue to work, then there will be progress. And um, that's just, that journey was so fun for me. Uh, in 2004, of course, you went to the Olympics in Athens. You were very young at the time. And what do you remember most from that experience, from your first Olympic experience? And I mean, had that even been something that had been on your radar, that had been part of your dreams growing up? Um, it hadn't been part of my dreams growing up. So in 2000, I had the opportunity to play against the team that was going to Sydney, actually. And um, I threw really well. And I think that was the first time in 2000, as I think I was 17, the first time I ever thought about being an Olympian or playing on the national team. And so um, that sparked kind of the idea that, um, you know, maybe I could join that team one day and never, but it had been 04. Um, my sights were set on hopefully 08 after college. But, uh, you know, I just... I went to college. My coach knew that that was a goal of mine. She helped me work incredibly hard to, to do what I needed to do to, you know, be ready for tryouts every year and be ready for the international stage. So um, it ended up working out in 04. And yeah, I was the youngest player on that roster. Um, what do I remember about it? I remember sleeping on the bus a lot on the way to the field. <laughs> I remember waking up just in time to see the blue waters of uh, Greece. And then obviously um, it was an incredible run. Um, I was fortunate enough to play with absolute legends of the game and um, be part of, you know, what they ended up dubbing the dream team. And um, I just remember we were a well-oiled machine by that point. We had trained so hard together that it was almost like the games kind of just unfolded how they were supposed to almost on autopilot. Not that we weren't working hard for it, but um, it was a fun, a fun time to be playing really great softball. There's been so much talk about the 2008 Olympics, obviously, and then softball leaving from the Olympics. In 2008, you lost that heartbreaking gold medal match against Japan, and then softball is, for you know infuriating reasons, out of the Olympic program for the next few years. And it, it comes back, and in 2021, we're fast-forwarding, obviously, a lot. We'll go back and pick up some moments. But <laughs> I want to ask you just about, while we're on the subject of the Olympics, there was so much talk about the redemption that was on the table in Tokyo, right, where you could go to Japan, get that gold medal back. And like a lot of things in life, it didn't happen exactly as – you know, you had planned once again, silver medal, which is an incredible accomplishment. You know, how do you feel about that quote unquote redemption narrative at this point? And, and kind of where did you, what did that silver medal in Tokyo mean to you? You know, I think the redemption narrative is, it was an easy thing for people to grasp to. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, there were only two of us on the roster from 2008. Right. <laughs> and so when you talk about redemption, you can't really have two people trying to get redemption and 13 others 
playing for their first time without with not with that thought in mind. So I don't know that Monica and I truly had our sights set on redemption. It wasn't my sole reason for coming out of retirement by any means. I really just thought I still could throw well enough to hopefully help this team possibly get on the gold medal podium. You know, obviously didn't work in our favor, but the hand that this team was dealt was um, very different. Um, it wasn't a typical tour like we normally do to prepare. Um, we didn't have our coaching staff with us until probably June um, of 2021 because they all had to go back to their college jobs um, during the school year. So there was just a lot that was dealt to us that, you know, we de- we handled handled with, with class and we handled maturely. Um, that typically isn't how the, the, the Olympic team is run a year before the games. So um, that silver medal represents a lot more than, than what a gold medal would of redemption. Um, that silver medal is still a very, um, it's still a rewarding thing to look at because this team dealt with a lot, handled a lot. And I think, you know, we left it all out there. Just, there were things that didn't fall our way and, and it wasn't in the cards for us. I love how you put that. Cause there's, there's so much pressure, especially on, women athletes because there aren't as many stages and you know there aren't as many maybe moments for big spotlight glory that it's kind of gold this gold or bust mentality and I think it's you know we focus on it a lot in the gymnastics (laughs) like gold isn't the only like medal like you know that's not the only thing that matters and so I love to hear that you know this Tokyo experience was still so meaningful for you and for your teammates and it's always seemed to me like USA softball has not gotten the infrastructural support maybe from, I don't know whether it be the National Federation or from sponsors or kind of where it is, uh, in order to devote the time to the sport and to the team that we see in other women's sports, um, you know, in the soccer basketball, even in volleyball. So tell me a little bit more about like what the obstacles were going into this, um, you know, not not having the full team together and kind of why you think you're still kind of having to deal with such obstacles. Was this just a COVID specific thing? Yeah, it was definitely just a COVID specific thing. I mean, other Olympic years, we've been fully prepared and had the funding and the, the personnel and everything um, that we needed. I mean, our head coach had obviously been granted a leave of absence in 20 to prepare us. And then COVID hits, um, we get delayed and, you know, you can't really ask a job to give you a leave of absence for two years. Um, and so he was forced to go back to his school, um, not knowing what COVID was going to allow us to do. You know, you really couldn't ask people to take off from their jobs or the three college kids we had on roster to not go to school when you really don't know, are we going to have a full tour? Are we going to have a partial tour? Are we not going to have a tour at all? Um, so there was just a lot of uncertainty because of COVID. Um, but in years past, I mean, we've had everything we needed to be a well-oiled machine when we got over there. And so, um, unfortunately it was just a COVID thing and, you know, we handled it as well as we could have. Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. 
Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash BlueWire to start hiring today. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Recently, of course, we've seen the Women's College World Series just grow so much in popularity, and you've seen a lot of focus on the inequities between women's and men's sports, but I think it was just announced that they're adding a couple days to the Women's College World Series. What have you, as someone who's obviously like so close, (laughs) the closest to the sport, um, seen in the growth of that event, and where do you think it's headed? You know, I think that event, it's special. Um, It truly is, you know, it's hosted in one place, just like baseball is. And it's the Mecca of softball. Like everyone grows up wanting to play in Oklahoma City one day. And so that event has, you know, it's gradually gotten bigger and bigger. I keep laughing because people talk about, you know, now they have the second deck and all these new seats. And I'm like, when I played for that there for the first time, there were still grassy knolls down probably about a third of left field and right field um, where everyone's brothers and sisters went and rolled down the hill. So it's just interesting to see how the stadium's grown because that shows how many people are still are starting to flock to the World Series to where it's an environment that, you know, that baseball fans talk about Omaha being. And so um, it's an amazing event. I'm glad they've, they're adding the, the days to it to really give it the um, uniqueness it needs. I don't think I think there's a it's not a misconception. The, the idea that we can throw, you know, so many days in a row or we could throw in two games in a day because it's a more natural motion. There's some truth to that, but it doesn't mean you don't get tired. Um, and so forcing girls to have to do that simply because that's the way the tournament's always been. Well, you know, when we learn science about things and whatnot, we should adapt. And so let's adapt to allow teams to be the freshest possible. So you're truly getting, um, the best game out of everyone every single day. And so it's pretty cool that they're adding days to that and allowing it to be a, a little bit longer event for people to be able to attend. And um, I think the coolest part is just seeing how the coverage of it has gone. Um, you know, it was my senior of high school is the first time that they put the entire World Series on TV and not just the championship series. So we've gone a long way um, in how it's covered and every game being covered and having, you know, people in studio talking about it now, as well as all these like branch offs of, of coverage for it. So um, it's exciting to see. I love seeing it because I think, you know, college softball right now is, is some of the most exciting softball that fans get to watch. The ratings are like astronomical. <laughs> like They're huge. What do you think that says about the game of softball, which hasn't always caught on at like the pro level, the year round level as much as, I would like yeah. it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think it, it shows how our game's growing. It shows how exciting our game is. It is a quicker paced game. Um, you know, it's similar to baseball. Don't get me wrong. It's not the same, but you have the home runs, you have the small ball, you have infielders that have to make quick plays. You know, I think nine times out of 10, you watch shortstops field the ball and baseball and they have time to like take two shuffle steps before they throw. Well, we don't have time for that. Um, so it gives you a little bit of everything you're looking for in a bat and ball sport. 
Um, but at the same time, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of avenues for boys to watch baseball. So watching college baseball is cool, but I think that's, and I don't know the demographics. This is just my assumption is a lot of older, just baseball fans who have watched the world series for many years, just because, and you know, little boys are as much as yes, college might be a step in between. What are they dreaming of? They're dreaming of playing for the angels, being Mike Trout or being Bryce Harper or whoever. Um, so that's what they're watching and girls, you, you get to watch college softball. And so dads are, you know, sitting their girls down watching it. And then the other part is our pro league has always been in the summer. Um, and that's when girls are playing. If you know, your competitive girls are playing that during that time and not probably sitting in front of the TV watching. So, um, it's at a perfect time, but I think too, it is, it's the highest level of softball that's on routinely. And so the ratings go through the roof because one, you have the, the normal fan. And then two, you have the young girls who are playing or had just started and they get to watch and see what this game's all about. What would you like to see is the next step for investment in softball? To be honest, I think it would be nice to have a sustainable pro league. And I, and by that, it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, athletes unlimited is a great opportunity for us. It's five weeks out of the year right now though. And so either that needs to become more than once a year, or we need to have something that supplements it in the, in the off time, which is very possible. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say MLB has to jump on board. I actually honestly think minor league baseball should probably look at it. Like why not put a softball team on the field when your baseball team goes out on the road and vice versa? Um, you know, you already have the infrastructure and the people, the event staff, um, you know, it'd be nice to get that partnership and have sponsors really buy in to giving female athletes a chance to be professional softball players. Um, but you know, I don't know, I don't know where that starts. Um, I just know, I think even as much as I would love every pro team for softball to have their own softball stadium even if we had to play on a baseball field for a while until it got going and you could really make another stadium or something like that, it would be an opportunity for females to be able to truly live the professional softball life. I like the idea of playing in minor league stadiums. Um, I hadn't really thought of that before. That's so interesting. Could be just so successful, at least as a starting point. You know, you've seen throughout your career other you know, the entire landscape of women's pro sports uh, in the United States really shift. So what have you seen from like the WNBA, from women's soccer, you know, that you think maybe softball can learn from and uh, hopefully will, I, I, to me, it's kind of astounding that, you know, the momentum on the pro level hasn't really carried over to softball as much. I think the one thing Athletes Unlimited does that wasn't necessarily done as well in our professional league was just the marketing and getting it out there. And, you know, I think you see athletes unlimited almost everywhere on your social media and um, just all of that. So, so I think people are more informed of what we're doing than they were informed about the pro league in the past. It was shocking to me after playing eight years in it, how many people still didn't know we had a professional league. And I'm like, I post about it. <laughs> I've been playing it for eight years, you know, how, how did we miss the mark there? Um, you know, I think obviously the WNBA has the backing of the NBA, um, which is really cool, but you know, I think the WNBA and, and women's soccer just keep making adjustments to make it work. And unfortunately I'm not sure that we did that the first time around, or well, I don't know how many times around the, the MPF had different names and such, but I don't know that we adjusted with social media, with, using Facebook live and, and YouTube and, and things like that, as opposed to only having secure 
ESPN, you know, rights or, and things like that. So if something takes off again, um, obviously there's enough athletes now that have played are playing and are very familiar with how all that works that hopefully we can adjust to the times and, and, and allow more people to know what the product is and where it's at and how to follow it. And I think then you allow girls to dream when, once you put it in front of them, but obviously they have to know it exists first. Who are a couple of the players, athletes unlimited or not, you know, just out there that people should really be paying attention to, you know, maybe if if people are listening to this and not following softball as closely that these are players they should follow on social media, that they should follow their careers. Well, following her career is um, Haley McClenney. She's easily one of the best um, position players in the world, hands down. Um, and just to watch her play the game is is pure joy. Um, she loves every second of it, works hard at it, but she just loves being out there every second of it. Now, social media wise, Haley goes on some social media hiatuses from time to time, but still as a softball player in her career, um, she's going to do some more big things. And then as a pitcher, Odyssey Alexander is um, the next big thing. Obviously, the world fell in love with her at the World Series with James Madison. But um, having played with her a couple of times here at Athletes Unlimited, I know she's going to put in the work um, to continue to be successful at this level. So her journey is definitely going to be one worth following. What do you think about softball as far as like, you know, we saw last summer when um, you know, the softball world kind of got into more of the social advocacy, which the with the This Is Us team, we're seeing more diverse, uh, big stars. What do you think that, you know, is the future of softball maybe kind of a more diverse and inclusive one than it's been in the past? Or is it actually a misnomer that it hasn't been diverse and inclusive in the past? Like, am I off with base with that question, period? Um, I don't think you're off base with the question, but I also don't think, I don't think you're off base because I think there have been times where diversity isn't always seen, but at the same time coming in my career, I look at it and there's always been some, some type of diversity on my teams. I've never played on a team where we didn't have some sort of diversity. So, um, however, I think you also look at it and when we talk about diversity, it's not just about having every race, um, represented, but you know, it is an expensive sport, unfortunately. And I think when you talk about that, then sometimes you exclude some socioeconomic groups or certain parts of different cities and whatnot that, that just can't afford to play it. And but I do think there are a lot of organizations that are starting to um, include softball, a lot of baseball organizations that are soft, starting to include softball to where now we're offering softball to those, the same kids or the same girls in the demographic that they were doing that for the boys. And so I think the diversity of the sport's growing. I think the other part is if you see it, you can believe it. And I think so many of the girls now, especially um, that are black or identify as Af- African-American, you ask them who they looked up to and they'll tell you Natasha Watley. So they saw Natasha Watley and they believe they can do it. And now you see Kelsey Stewart, Alicia Ocasio, Jasmine Jackson, you name it. Girls are seeing them and saying, okay, I can do this too. And so, you know, it's going to grow the more you see those athletes at an elite level. Um, what do you hope your legacy is? I know like, you, it's, it's tough because individuals can't really define their own legacy, but like, what do you hope it is? <laughs> um, I hope it's one of passion and, and hard work. I hope... Um, People saw the passion I brought to the game, not only for my pitching, but just the game in general and watching my teams be able to excel and and teammates be able to be successful. Um, And then, you know, those that were in my inner circle or on my teams, I hope I really, I really truly value the work ethic I put into this craft. And so 
um, hopefully that, that rubbed off on them a little bit or at least made an, an impact. And what's next for you? And do you feel 100% confident that uh, this is it for, <laughs> for the pitching days? Yeah, um, definitely 100% confident this is it. I have a 10-year-old stepdaughter who is uh, a competitive dancer and a competitive softball player. So it will be time to go be um, her number one fan. Um, she's been my number one fan for the last couple of years. So um, it's time for the tables to turn. Um, but uh, immediately what's next? Um, I am, I will actually here at our uh, Athletes Unlimited, we get to play, we get to play for causes. Uh, my cause is RBI Austin, which does give uh, the underserved community of Austin the opportunity to play softball and baseball um, at obviously not the expensive rates. Um, and uh, I'm going to work for them full-time starting in Jan- part-time in October, full-time starting in January um, to where I will be developing the softball side of our organization. That's incredible. And two of my Burn It All Down co-hosts uh, live in Austin right now. So I'm going to have to get them to follow up on that cool. um, for sure, because yeah. uh, that sounds amazing. Well, Kat, thank you so, so much. Uh, what an honor to speak with you. And I'm looking forward to watching your final weekend and following what's next. Thank you so much. Appreciate it.